0: I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter, sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter.
1: Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. What does it mean to run a pet concierge-style dog walking and pet sitting service? And how do we do that while also maintaining healthy boundaries? Catherine Burge, owner of Lake Oswego Pet Sitting, joins us today to talk about her nine years in the industry, why it's so important to go above and beyond for her clients, and all while maintaining those healthy boundaries. Let's get started.
0: Oh hi! Well, thanks for having me. Of course, um, I started my business about nine years ago, so I'm celebrating nine years this September, and can't believe it. Right, you know, time just goes by. Um, so I started the business. Um, it was the name was Cat Runs Dog. Okay. And so I launched it with a big poster at a, um, a dog event. Um, it was like a dog run, running event. And about two months later, I changed the business to like name to Lake Oswego pet sitting. So what I discovered was that there was a need for pet sitting. and you know, I could, of course could still do my dog running intertwine into that so I did a name change which was very interesting um so what what happened and how I started the business was um I started volunteering at Oregon Humane Society walking the dogs and they had a also a program where you could volunteer your time to just sit in the kennels and so, what I did is I just sat in the kennels with these dogs, I had thought about starting a business, right, but I was really wanting to make sure, is this really for me you know to really be with different types of dogs that were um you know troubled troubled and very sad dogs so it was a it was interesting that was when it really resonated with me that this is what I should be doing. I worked in advertising, and a lot of us would you know, fantasize kind of about what business we would start if we could start a business. I remember good friends and I talking about this. Usually pretty creative people that I was with. And um, dog, you know, dog, pet sitting, dog walking wasn't on my radar, but I was always thinking and trying to decide if I could start a business, what would that be? And I think it was because we're working with um, new businesses every day in the work that I was doing. Um, I was, I worked for the yellow pages, just, just to, if, if one was curious, what kind of advertising, which of course is no longer, you know, the big yellow phone book. So, <laughs> um, nobody, lots of people are too young to even know. Right. So I'm dating myself there, but so, and then I ended up having three kids Super proud of that and stopped that career after the third child. And so, um, yeah, so it just, I ended up, I think as a lot of people do, trying to figure out how you can maximize your time with your family and still have, um, you know, something in your life that's hopefully generating revenue (laughs) and uh, doesn't get, you know, you could have a work-life balance. So, I was able to succeed with that over these past nine years.
1: Yeah, you said that word. Sit around and fantasize about (laughs) what we would do, and and I think that's something that I know I personally don't do enough of. Of kind of go if money was no object, you know, if sky's the limit, what would I actually want, and and what would I want, and start kind of busting down some of those barriers to ourselves when we start trying to create things or do things, even in our own business, even if, you know, once we've started to sit down and go, how do I make sure I don't get my in the way of myself? And I think that starts with just going, anything's on the table. Let's just throw it all out there and then we'll let rational brain kick in and try and take over on this <laughs> on this process and bring us back down to earth.
0: Exactly. And I remember consulting with friends that are entrepreneurs and, you know, just people that have found success in business. And, um, you know, sometimes I would use their advice. Sometimes I wouldn't. So (laughs) it was, and here I sit nine years later. So I'm super proud of it. I think it takes a lot of family support and, you know, my kids and just, we know, we know what it takes when you're a professional pet sitter um, with the holidays and, and, uh, I would love to have them on an interview, right. And just Mm -hmm. did it really, did they survive? You know, my, my last just graduated from high school and, um, you know, there's a lot of time I gave to this business. So I'm, I think that's where we become, um, it's our little baby in a way. (laughs)
1: So <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of sacrificing that we put on the, t- put on the line to make it happen. And you're right. It, it, having that support system, whether that's friends, families, or even other businesses is what helps keep us going through the really tough times. So for, for you, what was, what was that support like whenever you were just starting out and trying to make this thing grow?
0: You know, I, I knew there was enough business for everybody. And I knew there there would not be competition, right? Because I always tell my clients to have one or two or three ideally professional pet sitters so that if they don't become disappointed, if um, I'm not able to serve them for some reason. So what I found, there's a pet sitter in Portland. So I live out in a suburb of uh, Portland. Oregon and there's a pet sitter that started almost 30 years ago and I'm connected with her and then just have a lot of support through um pet sitter friends and of course I, you know, that's where Colin may be talking about all the different organizations. Like, I think some people think, oh, it's okay. I don't need to be in this organization or that organization. But I found that being a member of Pet Citizen International was pivotal from the beginning. One of my first, second or third clients, I think it was, um, came from Pet Citizen International, where, the, where they had gone on and, and got my name there.
1: In your business, you describe yourself as a concierge style, full service pet business. What does that mean to you and how do you make that work with your clients?
0: I think it's it's a little less than the way it sounds. You know, I think I I originally think I thought it was a good idea to maybe name my business something along concierge style, but it turns out with the relationships you end up having with this personal work that we do, you end up doing a lot more for the clients. um, If you want, right. You know, I've had some very close clients that have me help them when they have surgeries. And it's not just the pets, but on a, just the, the level related to the pets, it's just taking them to the vet. Very often I'm doing that and the groomer, those types of things.
1: Really investing in that person's lifestyle with their pet. You know, you said it's that we build relationships through personal work. That's something I, I, I keep thinking about so often is that this is personal work. There are people involved at a personal level that we get connected with. And they have fears, anxieties. They have um, things that they need help with. And sometimes they don't know who else to turn to. And through that relationship, and, and I do appreciate that you added, you can do these extra things, if you want to, right? Like if that is something that you feel you need to do, you can. But it's not a requirement of this, this kind of job. Now, through all of that, um, you mentioned you've, you've been a mom to, to, to three, um, three kids. You've raised them and you have um, dogs and cats and you are running your business. How do you find and strike, a, I guess, a balance or a more understanding between everything that pulls on you in any
0: given day? That's a tough one. <laughs> so when, for me, being that I'm solo and don't have employees, which certainly I've thought about, um, which would take the load off of right, my, my day if I was to hire, um, but what I've, <laughs> what I've done is just really looked at how, how was my work-life balance when I had 13 or 15 or 17 visits a day did I have a work-life balance? No. It's impossible. It it was for me impossible to have a work-life balance with that many visits. So I've kind of gone down that road where what's the perfect sweet spot for me and making sure that I don't, you know, go over those amount of visits. It's, there's this, I I just found again, it was impossible to have a good work-life balance if I'm gone from 6am till 11pm. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And, I, and what that, the first step of that sounds like being aware that more of a balance is something that you want, right? I think we, uh-huh. we can get so focused on the work in front of us that we end up forgetting everything else around us. And we kind of push that off to the side that we feel like we can't say yes to these other stuff because of the business. But I think really empowering ourselves to take a step back and go, actually, no, I, I don't have to work like that if I don't want to.
0: Right. And I think it took, I'm serious, nine years for me to realize that. Wow. It wasn't the pandemic that taught me that it was just the amount of time I've invested in the work and just, you know, realizing you just cannot take care of yourself if you're gone in your car all day. Personally, I can't. I know other people may have other best practices that they do while they're in their car or um, going from visit to visit to visit to visit. But I just couldn't find that sweet spot unless I, you know, really cut back. Basically.
1: Have you heard of Time to Pet? Susan, the pet gal, has this to say.
0: Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one.
1: If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. Well, you mentioned spending time in the car. I think (laughs) that, that is definitely an aspect of becoming a dog walker or pet sitter that... I don't hear many people really talking about it all of just like the immense amount of drive time. Uh, Because I know some people love to drive. Some people, and they don't mind it at all. What does drive time do for you in your day? Are are you one of those people who gets motivated by it or does it really drag you down?
0: Well, you know, (laughs) I live in a small town. So we always, all of us pet sitters always have a maximum amount, you know, distance that we're willing to drive. I think those, it's critical. I know the coaches talk about that. It's very important. So I'll have a special client that I'm going to drive 15 minutes to, to their home. And you just, I don't charge more, but Mm. I'm not doing any other clients that are 15 minutes away. Wow, Five, five minutes, 10 minutes. So it just, Oh, it's tough. And I have a, one of my best, um, pet sitting friends she walks to all of her clients so and i don't think all of them but she'd prefer to yeah so now how do it's, you it, it's tough.
1: <laughs> how do you stick to that because i know we have our, our our service radius is something like six miles so it's a little bit wider than a 15 minute easy drive from client to client How how do you stick to that Right. Because I, I know I because I, I still have after all these years, I look at that somebody and they say I pull up the map and says six point one miles. And I'm so tempted every time <laughs> to say yes.
0: <laughs> I think I'd like to even answer. And I apologize that I'm not always answering entirely your question because that's do we like being in the car? You know, I mean, oh. I listen to the spa station or your <laughs> podcast or something. To make that time a little more interesting, um, I I tend to honestly turn towards that spa station so I can just pretend that I'm maybe <laughs> 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 just doing something really relaxing. And it, it seems to help. It seems to really help. But just um, how do I limit it? You know, like you, I pull up that map. That's one of the first things, you know, is I need to understand, are they in the city? Si- I say, are, do you live in Lake Oswego? And if they say, no, I live in, you know, a, this town 15, 20 minutes away, said, I'm so sorry. I cannot, cannot service your you. So, and that's where it ends.
1: Yeah, and exactly. That's where it ends, right? There's no back and forth because that's the boundary that we have dr- drawn. And now we are, we are sticking to that. And, you know, we can feel bad because we want to help it. "Quote unquote everybody," but as you've experienced, and I think most people experience, after a while, they go, "I can't physically do that. Like that's actually not helping me help the people who I need to be helping."
0: And that's if you need to be at home, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a your own pet you're caring for, or your family you need to get back to. Um, it's just your your time. And just making sure that you're calculating that time and when you accept a client.
1: Yeah, and really understanding everything that's entitled to that commitment to that client of, oh, I feel bad that they have nobody or or their previous sitter canceled on them last minute, and I feel bad that they're not going to be able to do this. I think stepping back and looking at that thirty thousand foot view of what all that commitment entails, what that does to your day, your time, your sanity, wear and tear in your car, rushing you around your schedule like it really does have a personal impact on us when we start to go outside those boundaries
0: well and if I can, I'd like to just address too, like when you get a call with a cl- a client that is last minute, which for me, last minute would be anything under a month
1: notice. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. And I, I, can, I can explain kind of how I treat the last minute client if you want. Would love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I always want to understand kind of what the reason is, right? Because you could end up with a, in the nine years, of course, I've ended up with the ones that Um, various things. I, I just don't know if I want to go through all the reasons, you know, you accept a last minute client and it's absolutely one of the worst things you could have done because they, um, the, the the pet could be sick, meaning diarrhea in some case. I've had that. I've had all kinds of things and they're just, it's just make, I I like to ask the client to be honest about why they're searching for a pet sitter last minute. Mm. And then, you know, when they share the truth, I thank them (laughs) and we go from there. And if it's, let's say it's, uh, you know, within a week or less than a week, uh, that would probably be more normal considered last minute a week, wouldn't you say?
1: Yes. I I think a week is probably when after most people tend to get fully booked.
0: Yeah. And so I'll, again, ask what happened and why Um, they're asking for less minute pet sitter. And um, I just basically have them go through a process with me for that onboarding. If they can get through, I say to them, if you can get through this process that I have that's specific, then I, you and I will work together.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to dive into your, your process. But I do want to touch on the fact that you have a conversation with the client about their needs like right? that when you ask why are you needing a pet sitter so last minute it's not being pushy it's an it's an honest question that is going to dictate a lot of things right
0: there's yeah transparency about it i found that people when i started using this which i'm not even sure when i started maybe maybe only a couple years ago i started asking that very important question <laughs> You know, to understand um, what happened, because I think we would think, oh, it's they're ditching another pets that are actually no, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's just a boarding situation or one of our boarding facilities is no longer allowing senior dogs to stay over two nights. There's all people. Some of the vets have stopped boarding dogs. Mm. All kinds of reasons.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really humanizing that interaction because, again, it's recognizing that people come to you for with a need, with a background, with history, with those fears and those anxieties. And I think it's very reasonable to just take a moment and go, okay, tell me what's going on. What's your current situation? And letting them be honest and trusting that they will. And I'm sure some may try and conceal the truth and whatever, but they'll sound like those will get weeded out later but just starting with, as an open book with everybody i i love how that kind of just brings them in and makes them part of that process and it provides you with another connection point to the person as you're having that conversation with them all right well so let's say we have made it through the phone process what does the rest of your onboarding process look like to bring on a new client
0: well honestly again this just started a couple years ago I stopped doing the long conversation
1: mm.
0: about, you know, why are you, you know, wh- you know how it can go. <laughs> Just, you can be on the phone for an hour, couldn't we, about their trials and tribulations of their needing meeting a pet sitter, perhaps. So what I've tried to do, um, again, I'm not always perfect on this, but is, you know, find out the location, of course, to make sure that we can service them. That's the initial, initial um question on the phone. And I try to always answer my phone to um do the best I can on that. And what I've done now is I've implemented a consultation uh fee, basically. And I would say maybe two out of ten times. It's people say, oh my goodness, I can't believe you are charging to talk to me about pet setting. So unfortunately, you know, they were not going to be doing business because they're hung up on this consultation fee. Mm. Okay. But it is something I think you and I initially talked about that really isn't happening in the industry. I, at one point I, when I talked to you, I know we when I, maybe it was when I started doing this, I just don't, Think people are doing it yet? I think some are. Yeah. And so then what happens is the people, um, I text them the link to create account on my Time to Pet, and that's where I get the initial information. Because what I've also found is I could be in a conversation with someone. This is prior to implementing this process, and I at the end I have no idea. This is really actually early on in my pet sitting career who I talk to. <laughs> and I absolutely don't want that to happen again. And, and honest, sometimes it's for privacy reasons, because they may have asked me a lot of personal questions about my business. Uh-huh. You see, and it just, as a professional, I felt feel just rising above and doing something different and taking that chance. And that Really, what it comes down to is now I'm charging for that consultation, which is not industry standard, and it's really been amazing because you've got a commitment on the client side.
1: If they decide to not move forward with a booking, are they <laughs> refunded that, or is that non-refundable in any way? No, it's not
0: refundable. Oh, no, okay. And so, and honestly, we've already um, established so much by the time I'm out there. You know the commitment we give to our clients to get things started. Yeah. So I basically say that it's a um, consultation, but also includes setting up your services, which is a lot. We yeah. make that happen through this process, but the paying for it is just what I think is new to our industry. Yeah, because what what is happening is our time. It's still our time. I feel that we should charge for our time.
1: How you added that, it's a consultation, but it's also setting up services. Because if we do take, if we do look at everything that you did, like you pointed out, Catherine, of like, uh, we invest so much of us, our time. If we do have staff with their time, you know, all these things go into onboarding one new client with the hope that they're going to be a repeat client. Uh, from time to time again, because it's it's very costly and expensive to continually bring in new clients, both from our time, oh, yeah. the money that we spend to, with the gas to get to them, and everything in between. We have to recognize that that is something that that we can um, both limit, but also that by having them pay for it, that's like you, it's a massive commitment that they're now making to you, and you know that's a weed out process. Of those two out of 10 people who say, What? Never mind, I don't want to do this. They would have been a problem down the line anyway. And so now we're just moving that process right up to the very beginning and we can move on together and not have to deal or worry about a potential headache.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I was just smirking when you said that because <laughs> of that. You know, it's like we don't want particularly that client that is, you know, not that kind about, about money. You know, so you know, I I don't want to pay for that, and I can't believe you're charging that. You're right; it's just going to be a problem down the line. And oh, what a blessing that we don't have to work on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So I will add, though, people have thanked me for doing that consultation setup fee because it makes them feel more comfortable that they're that they're able to take time with and knowing that I'm paid for my time. It's it's really interesting. Just the psychology of it, I guess, because you're you're there and you've done all this um, forefront work to to set up the client with your contracts and your information and um, making sure you have all the vet information. It's just like you said, it's just a it's quite a process. And once you raise that bar on Showing that we're a true professional because of because of this process that we how we onboard them. You mentioned that, and I had
1: a flash of a memory of a client recently. So we we currently do not charge uh, the the fee to set up for the consult, but it is something that we are seriously considering and starting to implement. But we Mm -hmm. have had people who have insisted on paying us before we left, and we recently had um, a, a lady that we met with. That, you know, she reached started reach for her purse and, and said, Well, I'm paying you for this. And I said, Oh no, not no please don't. This is totally free. And she said, It wasn't free. You're here. I know that costs money. Here's, oh. your, here's your rate. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I, was so like, nice. <laughs> I was like, What what? And and so while you were saying that, of like people have thanked you for implementing this, I had that flash in the memory of that lady who she got it. Like she recognized what all was going into this. And and I just can see how while implementing the consultation fee can be scary because as as business owners, small business owners, it is scary anytime we raise rates or charge for something new or do something that we feel like is going to put off more clients. But it comes back to that balance that we want and need in our life of I can't keep giving things certain things away for free. And still be able to run this business. Uh, At the end of the day, I do need commitment and compensation from my clients in order for me to operate. And it's those two things, commitment and compensation, that Uh, we we tend to struggle with a lot as business owners. And we do need to find ways to increase both of those so that our business can be here tomorrow and the next day and however long we choose to be here
0: okay, that's a good segue. Do you want to hear what else I do then to get that commitment and compensation? Absolutely. <laughs> it's fun. You know, I love that this is a confessional and I just, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll tell my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I, again, I think it was about, this would have been more like five years ago that I implemented this and have never looked back. So I asked for, and, and like, I'm not the only one doing this. Obviously I'm, I'm certain I got the idea from from another amazing professional pet sitter, obviously. Right. So, um, and, and got the confidence that we need, like you said, to get, to be able to implement something and stand true. So I do require by the time I start the um a pet sitting job I require 100% payment. Mm. And what some of that has to do with not uh the the follow up that you would end up having to do to get payment after a job is done. Some of it I just thought oh you know this will be more streamlined and I'm just more comfortable with this. And that's that's been great. Yeah.
1: It, again, uh, there's all these practices and things that people typically do in their businesses and go, okay, well, we'll you know, book, you know, invoice them after the service, and then you're always running. It's just, for, for me, likewise, we, we, we looked at the way we wanted to operate and looked at the headache that we were trying to avoid and very, and very much agreed, Catherine, of going, how can we limit the stress and strain on ourselves? to this. And I think that's where it started for us. Because prior to that, we had never had any issue of clients late payment or no payment or chasing payment. We had no issue with that. But what we recognized was it was a, it was a pain to Mm -hmm. be going backwards all the time, all the time. And instead this is going, nope. And then it's just, it's a peace of mind on yourself. Because now you're not worrying. Is this the time I don't get paid? I'm doing this. I'm doing this work, quote unquote, for free because they haven't paid me yet. I, you know, I, I'm worried. What if they don't want to pay me at the end of this? You know, everything's all taken care of and it's done, and you never have to bother them again about it. And I think it's a much more uh, seamless process.
0: And having the contract, you know, really back whatever you do in your business personally. Um, if a client comes home early or they cancel their trip or, um, and I will kind of just, again, just a little, another thing that I really find valuable is um, owning your own business is wonderful. I can make a decision to not honor my contract if I wanted, you know, and say, gee, you know, your reason for canceling your vacation is so incredibly sad for me to know about that. I want to give you back hundred percent or that's the beauty of owning your own business. You can just make those decisions on whether or not you want to stick to, because that's the sticky part is, you know, clients, again, it's probably one or two out of 10 that would say, not even that, honestly, Colin, I, I, I'm sorry, kind of like, who knows what the numbers are, but, Every now and again, someone will say, I cannot imagine paying for services before they're performed. Yeah. If I have a contractor come, I don't pay them first. I pay them after. And that's not a good fit for me. And I did give back the consultation fee on that one. Mm. You know, I'm thinking of a client that did that. Oh. So, and, and, oh, shoo. Oh, thank gosh. Take your <laughs> consultation fee. And i am I've run down, down the road. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no it's it's um it's just i really hope to raise the bar you know in how we can feel so proud about the work that we do in this industry
1: oh the proud that is a really important word um of of being it's not prideful but it's being proud it's being confident it's being um bold in our work and there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that flow from that and i know one of those um that kind of has been kind of dancing around everything that we've talked about of limiting you know kind of these barriers to working with you as far as clients and the the fee and then there's the being picky about clients and know one big part of that in this industry is things like things like pricing and i think you you just recently went through or maybe not so recently um you know a, a price increase and I was curious how you went about presenting that to clients and what that process was like
0: for you. So I just basically said that my rate was going up to this amount, effective the first of the month. And, um, you know, some people hung on. This was, this was not, uh, so my, mm-hmm. let me go back a little. That was specifically my dog outings. Mm. that were called dog walks before, right? So I just decided to kind of do away with dog dog walks and and have it be more the outings and then just gave a general rate on that. And I was wanting to kind of phase out of it. I'm focusing on some different things in my business and there you go. That's the way you phase out. <laughs> so, you know, and, it, and I have some, you know, very, Tight relationships with those pets. So it was very hard for me. Um, But a lot of the clients work at home, to be honest. So things have changed. We just, I'm just trying to look deep inside my business and understand what's changed here. They were five days a week and now they're, they went to three and then they were down to two and then they were down to one. You know, I just really took a good look at do I want to keep going and doing these one offs? Or should I focus on my dog training and studying that and my and my 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 pet sitting, which is always there, the pet sitting is always there, and people are always traveling right so that's kind of I think it was a unfortunately kind of a phasing out, even though I had these wonderful relationships with the pets and the people I'm talking about my dog walking. So that's what I raised. And then with the pet sitting, it's just the new clients. Okay. So I've kept that old rate with my long-standing clients.
1: It does. And against those decisions that you mentioned of like, you can choose how you want to do this and make it work. And uh, you said that phrase, you're looking deep inside my business and asking what's changed here. And not being afraid to that—that that, you have to when you ask that question, you really need to be prepared for a, a, a bad, you know, or a a, a hard pill, a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Of because it may be, um, it, it may be that you don't want to do that anymore. I and mean, anyway, that's kind of you were saying you some of you wanting to phase some of these things out. Uh, it could be that it's not a service that's needed anymore. And so kind of rendering the work and stuff that you were wanting to do as irrelevant or not as highly sought after as it once was before or any number of reasons. And so when we ask those deep questions about our business, it allows us to then take another take, take a step forward in a new direction and go, okay, because I found out that piece of information, what do I need to do? Because I know that that is true now. And for you, it was, well, the next step for this is prices are going to go up because that is going to meet all these different needs as my business changes.
0: Yeah, I know. And people I see in, in our work, they'll do a dollar increase or $2. And I just think we can't, it's hard to put our the finger on like, you know, the dreaded gas prices or... Just valuing our time and what's that worth, and what we've invested into our education that we have to perform this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I had a um, recent, I had recent reason to be uh, being towed uh, in our car, <laughs> and I was oh. talking, I was talking <laughs> with the uh, with the with the driver, and um, he recently started his own um, tow company. And one of the things that I was asking him about, I said, so why'd you start that? He said, well, I've got this history in it. And my dad used to do it and I want to do it, but I want to do it better. And he said, I have the highest prices in town. And I was like, good for you. And he said, well, I just truly believe that professionalism costs. And if we want to be better and different, again, this is coming from a tow truck service. He was saying, I want to be better and different. And I want to be able to provide services that nobody else can provide. And that means I have to raise my rates. And I was just thinking of like how true that is in pet care and pet services. And what we can do, the, the, the amount of training, the amount of thought process and care and dedication and sleepless nights that go into pulling off perfectly executed dog walks and drop-ins day after day, that costs. That there is a cost behind that and that we don't fully recognize that most days.
0: I'm I'm in Pet Sitters International, like I mentioned. Um, I love that it's a worldwide organization. And the, um, I'm going to the conference at the end of the month. So I'm super excited about that. In nine years, I've never gone. And the reason why is because I'm always... Swamped with work. Okay. I never could block off that time. And when I did the um, virtual conference last year, the amount of information and how they run that um, conference oh, my goodness, so, so well done that I was not going to miss that this year. <laughs> so I had to block off the time, which is a loss of income, right? Uh, because I'm alone. I can't, I don't have an employee, so any employees. And so I'm actually kind of proud of myself that I'm doing it, but it's, you know, it's in a location where I'm flying across the country and (laughs) it was a commitment on my end financially too. Yeah. There's
1: a, there's costs to those kind of things, right? There was a, a cost to book the flight and the hotel and the stay and pay for the registration. There's a cost for the loss of business, there's a cost for the time that you're dedicating to that, but there's a recognition that the benefits outweigh that at the end of the day, and knowing that it's good for you to do that. And so, whether it's going to a conference, whether it's downloading an audible book and listening to a, 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 to a, a book while you're doing the drives or when you're at home, investing in your education that way or other additional courses. We recognize that all of these things have costs, and many times those wind up with us saying, oh, it's, I can't do that right now. It's, I can't commit to that. But eventually, we find the point where, oh, I need to do that, or it's worth it. I recognize where that value is. And so we make that jump, and we are better for it.
0: I think people, you know, and that's where we get that opportunity. Um, if somebody has an objection to our rate, or the consultation fee, or payment up front or, you know, on and on. If, they, if and, and my marketing and advertising background could come into play, you know, when you get those types of objections, um, like why this, why that, you know, really, I, I'm proud to be able to say, you know, I'm a certified professional pet sitter, you know, through Pet Sitters International and, um, you know, I invest every day in, you know, studying things about this industry and, going to that conference i'm not sure how i'm going to let clients know um, what i the reason why i blocked off that time right but i plan on letting them know this is what i did i'm so proud you know (laughs) because it's it's two full days of you're just getting all the different speakers um, regarding various things that are so pointed to our industry and up to date right so it's exciting
1: You already know that Pet Perennials makes it easy for pet sitters to send sympathy and other milestone gifts. But did you know they've designed a new line of car air fresheners? They integrate long lasting car filling scents with adorable animal designs and clever expressions to give you a little inspiration while you drive. And they're always releasing new designs. So there's something new. They have sent Megan and I a set of these and we absolutely love them. I I was just in our car smelling them today and they're still going i got the cat your perfect design and megan has the hamster enjoy the little things and our kids absolutely adore them and still do the air fresheners make great client gifts too send one to new clients a birthday or holiday and you can actually order a case of your favorite designs for $1.95, or have pet perennial send it as a gift package to your client with that handwritten card and gift wrapped for 12 75 and that does include shipping Check them out at PetPourNeils.com and be sure to register for that free business gift service account to unlock that all-inclusive, discounted gift package prices and to access the wholesale catalog. Remember, you only pay when you order. I, I know that uh, in addition to the dog outings and the pet sitting that you do, you also provide and have started getting, getting into more, more training Services. And so I did want to kind of explain why you feel like that's a direction you need to be going right now and, and what those services look like.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, thank you for asking about that. It's a passion for sure. Um, I don't, I think early on, it, uh, again, being in the kennels at Oregon Humane Society, um, you know, with dogs that sometimes aren't friendly, right? Or have all these issues, it's just, something that I'm very passionate about and helping clients in a different way that I hope than what, um, maybe the next trainer does. Uh, I had someone ask me at the bank today, actually, he, he said, Kevin, can I ask you about my dog? You know? (laughs) I said, sure, sure, sure. And, um, what he said, what's your process? And I said, you know, I don't do packages. I just, I do a fee for the consultation, which will include, you know, finding out what the issues are ahead and then um, coming out to your home and then some support afterwards. So that's the initial. Typically, it'll take one or two or three sessions. I just do it differently. I don't do, you know, 10 sessions and I'm sure we'll get your behavior issue under control i just uh i just kind of basically have them pay as we go hmm. and i found that that's been um really great cuz and also you know maybe maybe they want to try a different trainer and they're not stuck with 10 sessions right that they've already paid for so and i have a lot of network um people in my network that do other types of training that i'll refer to I think it's very specific, so I I definitely have specialized in reactivity and just helping um, clients get through uh, reactivities on walks and um, anyway at the bank I showed the guy three things for free just to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he was super so, appreciative well why, why why
1: reactivity and where and what has that process been like for you transitioning into kind of putting more of a trainer hat on as opposed to dog walking and pet sitting
0: it could just when i went you know doing the dog walking starting nine years ago i realized that i wasn't a general dog walker i was able to work with the bull mastiffs and the mm-hmm. you know really large breed dogs and somehow you gain that strength. I think that it takes to handle those types of dogs um, that other people just simply could not handle. So I, I, I'm not sure about you, Colin, since you've been or how much you're doing with the blocking. But your legs become like blocks. I mean, they're <laughs> you know they're like just you know, and with that comes yeah. the ability to handle you know, larger breed dogs. Um, Currently, I'm not really doing the larger breeds as much as just um, in these initial consultations where I just work with people on what their their issues are within their home. And um, a lot of it can be done virtually, which I'm not doing yet, but just over the phone, telling them um, how to handle different behavioral issues that they're having.
1: Well, there is such a need for that, and to focus on these things that are are true quality of life uh, impacts to the owner, their ability to live a life with their dog that will prevent them from possibly surrendering them or taking them to a shelter because they can't get over these these things, these reactivity on the leash or around dogs or other people in their homes. It, it is such a needed service. So, are you are you? where are you going for additional education training for that? Or is that something that you've just been able to develop over the years and are now actually kind of honing in on as off, as an offer for your, for your clients?
0: You know, I actually paid for the CPDT training, which I do think is an, one of the better ways to get the designation for dog training. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a Facebook group that goes through Questions getting people ready for the tests, and it's amazing, right? You're just, I, I try, of course, not to spend too much time online, but those questions will come over, and, and then everybody answers, and it's a preparation for the test, right? And then, um, I'm a member also of um, the, the, a, the APDT and then the IACP. So, if people Google that, they'll Um, those associations have so much educational information there that once you're a member, that's free. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's, um, just really being entrenched in the dog world that I will say I'm doing probably half cat sitting too. (laughs) So, and I love that, you know, the insulin that somebody asked me at the bank. And I couldn't live today. I just went to the bank got all these people walking up, which you know you don't have to network sometimes, right?
1: Networking if you come comes in with, to you
0: <laughs> well, if you come in with a friend I had my French bulldog, which I adopted. I had him, he'll always attract everybody, and I adopted him just um three or four months ago, and then I was with a Gordon setter, which they're just absolutely gorgeous, and so everybody was coming up. <laughs> then they said, Do you do cats you know, Do you do insulin shots? So I, I really love that I've diversified and it can help many people when it comes to the pet sitting right. I think we're all trying to expand our, um, just our services that we offer. I'm doing this coming weekend's Labor Day weekend. I'm doing a gecko, um, and a hamster, (laughs)
1: Well, and sometimes we might not have previous experience or prior knowledge about how to handle those. Um, yeah. it's, it's that we, as the professionals, get to take the time to learn about them. I know uh, an example for us was several months ago, we had somebody reach out to us and she has three mini potbelly pigs that live in her house. Um, oh, three of them. Um, there was a Chester, Charlie, and Chief. We had never cared for <laughs> pot pigs before at all uh and but we came in we had done a bunch of reading and uh searching before we showed up so we knew what to you know good questions to ask We took way more extensive notes than we probably would have for normally, you know, for a dog and cat visit. And then we actually typed up a big care sheet and sent it out back to her for her to review and had her fill out her profile with more information and really just was able to take the time to learn about that specific care and it is exciting because we we get to do that that's a word that i, I embrace more and more i get to spend <laughs> three hours watching youtube videos and reading veterinary forums about potbelly pigs like i <laughs> that's something i can enjoy to do and to share that back and now we have that knowledge it's made us better and it's made our staff better and we get to do that again and again now that we have that
0: right and now, Gekko, i know gecko i I forgot about the light you know he was talking to me about changing the light, so you're going to change this light for this gecko. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is wonderful. and then the you know the the hamster um is an escape artist, so you know I've got that to look forward to that that client actually has a rabbit as well that bites, so you know <laughs> if you know let's think about that rate we were talking about. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's uh, just think about that.
1: <laughs> that's another thing. When I was talking with the uh, with the tow truck uh, operator, he was like, "You." He said, "I told him what we charged, and he was like, you 'You don't charge nearly enough.' There's no way I do what you do for that amount." <laughs> <laughs> Them and, and this is a guy who stands out the side of a road, you know, with cars and trucks passing at 75 miles an hour, all hours of the day, pulling cars out of ditches, bogs, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, and he was like, oh, no, gosh. no way I'd do what you would do. <laughs> I
0: know. Let's, it's like doing what we do, but let's also count that drive time, that yes. beautiful drive yeah. on the way there, you know, and however long that takes if there's construction all over the small city that you are working in. And yeah. it takes four times as long to get to the client, you
1: know. <laughs> Catherine, I, I I really want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, for giving us some insight into how we can be better, how we can, and encouraging us to Get those commitments from our clients so that we can be compensated well for what we are doing, and to embrace that side of us and to try new things. Because I think that as a business owner is really important that we never stop trying new things. Uh, but I know that there's a lot uh, from your past and from your from how you're operating that we haven't gotten to touch on in this conversation. So, how can people get connected with you, reach out to you, and start asking you some questions?
0: So my website is the www.lo, which is the city. I I live in Lake Oswego, so it's www.lopetsitting.com. And then my Instagram is my name, which is Catherine, and then it's an underscore Burge. That's my Instagram. And um, my business Instagram, I have not been doing so by the time this airs my goal would be to have you know not an embarrassing amount of followers you know (laughs) try to get that try to get that going actually it's i it's funny how we can focus on our business and not do all the other things and i've learned that on this on this podcast it's just it's almost like how could someone not do all of that in the forefront right? Get all your things perfect and then do your business. But I'm kind of the other way. I've been chasing it a bit.
1: It it is a process. That's true. And and it gets back to, to balance and knowing where our priorities lie. At that time, right? Priorities change, and we are able to invest kind of differentially as we have more or less opportunities in our in our days and our weeks. Uh, and I think that's just kind of recognizing when we have those opportunities that we do need to to jump on them and take advantage of them when we can. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and um, I'm definitely going to uh, be reaching out to you to touch on some more things because uh, I know that you focus on a lot of other things as well, and um, love to have you back on the show
0: bell i hope that anybody can call i always put my phone number on these um facebook pages to, to give me a call and i'm happy to talk to anybody about um starting their pet sitting business i'm doing a little bit of consulting on that but that'll all be on my website perfect
1: well yeah and i'll have links to those on the show okay. notes and on the website with your phone number uh so people can get connected to you directly uh Catherine, again I, I this has been such a pleasure thank you so much
0: Thank you. Have a great day.
1: When Catherine looked at her business, she asked that serious question, what changed here? I think that's something we all need to do a little bit more of more frequently, is to look deep inside of our business, look at everything that's going on, and ask ourselves, what changed? It could be that our passion changed. It could be that the business itself has changed around us without us paying attention. This is why it's so critical to be tracking how your services are booked and where your revenue is coming per service. I know for us, the business that we are currently running looks nothing like the business a year ago, even six months ago, and honestly, three months ago. Because when we lift our finger from the pulse of our business, we lose track of what's actually going on, and we stop being able to make relevant, real-time, pertinent decisions for how the business should and needs to operate. We get caught broadsided by things that come up that we thought were handled, but because we're running a different business now, are actually never been solved before. What has changed in your business? How do you stay in touch with things going on? Let us know. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you so much for listening, for all that you do. And we wish you all the best. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll be back again soon.